0: church online and even though we can't be together today at the art center we can worship him together online and we're about to sing the song tis so sweet to trust in jesus and no matter what kind of day you've had or season it's been we can put our trust in him i love the line in the song where it says tis so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word you know sometimes in life we could be really let down by people we can be let down by you know expectations and things we hope for but we'll never be disappointed when we put our hope and trust in Jesus so come on let's sing the song together amen When you start something new, something beneficial like a diet or going to the gym, most people can keep at it for about four weeks. And then somewhere around week five or six, up to 80% of people start to fall off of whatever good habit they started. Now, we know it takes about eight weeks to solidify a good habit, make it part of your routine, and just shy of that, just a few weeks before that, most people give up. Right before it starts to get easy, most of us revert back to what we were doing before. We abandon the new good thing we started as impossible or impractical, and we go back to what's comfortable and familiar and safe. We revert back to our comfortable routines. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about deconstructing our faith and reconstructing our faith on Jesus, reexamining our beliefs, disentangling man's opinions from God's truth. But our tendency is going to be, after doing this for the last four or five weeks, to pick up the things that we've dropped, to rebuild with the very things that we tore down. What we consistently do every day affects who we become. And if we're not careful, we're going to revert back to what we were doing and what we were believing, what we should be deconstructing, instead of reconstructing something new, a deeper, richer, more full and abundant faith. The attitudes and actions that we foster affect what kind of people we end up becoming. And a weak faith affects who we become, just like a strong faith affects who we become. Angry and miserable people don't wake up one day and become angry and miserable. You know, they're not just like, oh, I'm a normal person and one day I'm mad now. I'm just a mad, angry person, right? It's uh, it's the result of how we live, what we believe, and how we behave. You embrace a routine that makes you the way that you are. You believe things that lead to behaviors, behaviors which lead to what people become. We don't choose our destiny in a moment. We choose our destiny in how we order our moments as we choose to consistently do things again and again and again. So how we build our faith is going to affect who we come who we become. We've all met people who are miserable and angry and bitter, and it's not just because they've had a harder life than everybody else. The more people I meet, the more stories I hear, the more I realize everyone has a hard life. Plato famously said, be kind because everyone's fighting a hard battle. It may not be your battle, but they've got their own battles. Everyone has a hard battle. It's not because your life is hard. Miserable people are simply people who aren't intentional about who they are becoming. Deconstruction and reconstruction is all about being intentional about what we believe. Not being like, well, my family believed it, you know, or I was raised this way, or you know what, I'm from this part of the world, and so this is just simply what we believe. It's making our faith our own, making sure that it's firm and strong, and that it's built on Jesus. I think that most of us hope to one day just wake up and live in love like Jesus. Like, you know what? I woke up today and now I'm like Jesus. You know, it just happened automatically. Like, wow, I'm so glad I finally got there. We hope to just one day wake up and have instant faith, like instant coffee or an instant meal. You know, we're just like, bam, look, I'm like Jesus now. Regardless of what you think of Jesus... I think that most of us, whether you're an atheist or an agnostic or whether you're a person of faith or even of a different faith, I think that you can look at the person of Jesus and say, you know what, I would like to live and love like he did. I think most reasonable people would agree if everyone lived and loved like Jesus, the world would be a better place. But that doesn't happen by accident. You're not just going to one day wake up and be like, man, I got bit by a spider, you know, and I'm Spider-Man. You just don't one day wake up and say, man, I got bit by this Jesus thing and now I live in love like Jesus, right? That's not what happens. It happens because of the routines we establish. It happens by the disciplines we embrace, the way we order our moments, the way we build our faith. The ancient Christians called the way that they built their faith a role of life. Now that terminology may seem outdated. I know a lot of us today were like, oh, rules! Forget that. I don't like rules. I'm a rule breaker. I'm a rebel, you know. Uh, there was also called a rhythm of life, or I like to use the term a trellis for growth. Essentially, they ordered their routines so that they they were certain that they were building a strong, mature faith that kept them connected to and looking like Jesus. They recognized that this wouldn't happen by accident, and it was going to take planning and effort, and it was going to happen by design. A rule of life isn't a legalistic scorecard to compare yourself to others. So you can be like, well, I do all these things. I do all these things on my Christian checklist, and that just means that I'm better, more mature, and more like Jesus than you. That's not what it's about. The Latin word for rule of life was the word for trellis, like in a grape vine or in a vineyard a trellis helps a grapevine reach its full potential and be healthy and produce lots of fruit a trellis doesn't control the grapevine a trellis helps a grapevine fulfill its purpose to stay connected to the vine and produce fruit faithfulness always leads to fruitfulness and a role of life or a rhythm of life or a trellis of discipleship is all about finding a support system so that you can build a strong, sturdy faith connected to Jesus so you can look like Jesus. A trellis is a guide to build your life on after you deconstruct so that you can build a stronger faith than you had before. A rule of life should do the same thing for you. It's a guide to help you become the type of person we all long to be, a person like Jesus. As we reconstruct our faith, we need a support system to make sure our faith grows strong and stays connected to Jesus so that we can look like Jesus. In John 15 verses 1 through 6, Jesus said, "'I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes it so that it could be even more fruitful.'" If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Did you catch that? Jesus compares God the Father to a gardener who does what? He cuts off branches. He prunes branches. He deconstructs parts of our lives. So that the parts that aren't fruitful and the parts that are, he deconstructs so that they become even more fruitful. When we prune out unhelpful beliefs, we're modeling the God who prunes um, unhelpful parts of our Lives. A trellis helps us stay connected to Jesus and helps us grow healthy and mature spiritual lives. It makes sure that we're staying connected to Jesus where the abundance of life and the richest, uh, deepest, strongest foundation of faith can be found. When it comes to becoming like Jesus, when it comes to what kind of person we're turning into, we cannot afford to approach our spirituality as a hobby as an optional thing, as a, you know what, I'm going to, it's an elective, it's not a core course for my, um, you know, for, for my degree, it's an elective, it's pass fail, I don't really care about it, right, we have to give it our all, if we want a strong faith, if we deconstructed our old faith, because it wasn't deeper, richer, it didn't stand up to the pressures of real life, that if we want this real faith that's going to stand up to the anxiety and the pressures of modern day life in a world of pandemic and wars and economic downturns, then we need a faith that's real, lived in. We have to take our spirituality serious, and we have to make it a top priority. Am I willing to reshuffle everything else, if necessary, to be sure that I become a person of love like Jesus? Am I willing to prune things in my life that are unhelpful, that may not be bad, but they're just not helping me become like Jesus? Am I willing to prune things in my life that are good, but they're not the best things? They're not helping me become like Jesus. We must define a disciplined routine because people of joy and peace don't happen by accident. We all want to be that. We want to be agents of love. We want to be people of peace. We want to be filled with joy. That just doesn't happen by accident. That happens by staying connected to Jesus, by building a life structure that keeps us connected to him. You know, there's a reason there's so few people who are people of peace and joy, because it doesn't happen by accident, and most people don't want to put forth any effort. They're like, I'm all for it, if it could happen, just by, you know, some miracle. They don't want to put in the effort and the work to become like Jesus, to stay connected to him. Jesus puts it like this in Mark eight thirty-six: what good is it if you gain the entire world, but you lose your Soul. You know, we're one of the richest generations in the history of the world. I mean, if you live in America, you're already richer than the majority of the world. You're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people on the planet. If you have one car, you're more wealthy than most people on this planet. If you have two cars, you're in an elite group of some of the richest people on this planet. You say, wait a minute, I've seen the main line. I'm not like those people. Yeah, those people are in the top 1%, but we're probably, if we're honest, if we really look at the worldwide stats, we're probably in the top 5% of all the richest people in the world. We have a lot of stuff. But I think a lot of times, the things we really want, peace, joy, to be loving, those things are what we're still lacking because we've got a lot of stuff, but we don't have a secure and strong faith. Many of us trade who we are becoming. We trade our soul for a little bit more money or fame or success or comfort or status And what Jesus says is the most important thing about us is what kind of people we are turning into. Are we staying connected to him? Are we becoming like him? Do we have a faith that's going to endure the hardships and disappointments of life? Or do we just have a weak faith because we didn't build a strong trellis to stay connected to the vine when drought comes and when storms come, when disease comes to the, to the grape vineyard? Do we stay connected to the vine and have a faith that lasts and doesn't wither? Are we becoming people of joy and peace, people who live and love like Jesus Dallas Willard said, a discipline is something in your power that you can do so that you are able to do that which you cannot do by direct effort. Now, Dallas Willard, I love him. I love his books. I think he's brilliant, but he does not say things in a straightforward manner. What he's saying is, what can you do that will equip you to do what you can't? And I want to use just a really simple example. Like if I went out and tried to bench press 200 pounds, I would drop the metal bar on my neck and I would die. You would have to call 911 because I can't bench press 200 pounds. But what I can go out is I can bench press 20 pounds this week and 30 pounds next week. And within a few weeks and months, I'll get to a point where I can bench press 200 pounds. Pounds. And what Dallas Willard is saying is there are spiritual disciplines that you and I can implement that won't make us overnight into people of joy and love and peace like Jesus, but they'll start us on a journey so that when we reach the end of our life, we'll look more like Jesus than we do today. You can want to become a person of peace and joy, but that's not in your power. It's not like a switch you can just flick and be like, I now live in love like Jesus, you know. I would love that if I could just download the little robot card and all of a sudden live and love like Jesus. But that's not how human beings work. What is in your power is the ability to choose a routine that makes you into such a person, that makes you into a person that's becoming like Jesus, that has a strong, secure faith. faith. Building a trellis so that you grow healthy branches rooted deep in Jesus the Vine. If you change your routine, you change your destiny. Your one routine change away from a radically different life. Think about that. This week, you could change your routine, and it's going to change the person you turn into at the end of your life. If you don't want to return to the beliefs you deconstructed, if you don't want to go back to a shallow, weak faith that doesn't stand up to the questions and pressures of our modern world, then you need to build a new routine, a routine based on the spiritual disciplines of Jesus, based on real-life practices that keep us connected to the abundant presence of Jesus, practicing his practices and practicing his presence. So I want us all to take some serious time to consider this week developing a rule of life, a rhythm of life, a trellis to keep us connected to Jesus the vine. I'm going to post two resources with this video on our social media pages and on our website so that you can follow them. They're simple, practical guides to how to develop a rule of life for your life, right where you are. Some of the things you'll be like, whoa, that's way too far. I'm not ready yet. Start where you are, but start. I'm going to also share with you what my rule of life looks like and I don't always keep to it. I've admitted the last few months I've fallen out of step with it, but I want to re-engage with it because I realize that when I don't put effort into who I'm becoming, the person I become is not who I want to be. I have to be intentional about living and loving like Jesus because it doesn't happen by accident. And this isn't something where you just copy someone else's rule of life and you're like, well, that sounds good. You need to make it personal and practical. You need to start where you are and you need to do things that you're willing to do. If you walk through a vineyard, not every trellis looks exactly the same because how branches grow off of a grapevine, they don't always grow in the same direction. They don't always have the same strengths and weaknesses. They don't always have the same faults and issues. And so the trellis, a good gardener will build the trellis to support the vine as it grows in different shapes and sizes. If you built every one the same, some branches wouldn't be supported. And so if you just copy somebody else's, it may be strong in an area Where you don't need it to be. It may be weak in an area where you need it to be strong. The trellises all look different, but they all do the same thing. They keep the branches connected to the vine and they keep them healthy and strong so they don't break off. I think that a good way to sum this all up is by asking this question What am I doing today that is going to make me a person more like Jesus? tomorrow? What am I doing this week that's going to make me a person more like Jesus next week? What am I doing this month that is going to make me more like a person who lives and loves like Jesus next month? What am I doing this year that is going to make me live and love more like Jesus to become a person of peace and joy, an agent of love in a world that desperately needs it? What am I doing this year that's going to make me more like that next year at the uh linked at to this message i'll also include a, a picture of what my rule of life looks like science tells us that it takes about 40 days to establish a new routine if you can just get past that five or six week mark most of the time a routine really gets locked in if you can make it eight weeks that thing solidified your old routine is a deep dug trough. So don't be discouraged by setbacks. Don't be discouraged when you're like, ah, I can't do it. I keep failing. I keep forgetting. It may take as many as 80 to 90 days to deconstruct an old established routine. But think of it this way. In three months, in a quarter of a year, you can redefine the kind of person that you're becoming. In three months, you could change what kind of person you you're going to turn into at the end of your life. If you leave your routine to chance, you leave the type of person you're becoming to chance. We are interconnected beings. What our soul does affects our bodies and what our bodies do affect our souls. At the end of this year, regardless of what comes, I want to be a person that loves and lives more like Jesus than ever before. And that won't happen by accident. That will happen by building a trellis of spiritual disciplines to stay connected to Jesus throughout the year, throughout the month, throughout the weeks, throughout the days, throughout my moments. I don't know what's going to happen in this year. Man, the last two years have been full of unexpected moments. I've joked about, you know, like, what's going to be next? They start cloning dinosaurs and open Jurassic Park. You know, Wookiees show up from outer space in, in the Millennium Falcon, and they're like, hey, Star Wars is real. And I'd be like, where's my lightsaber, right? Like, anything it feels like could happen after the two and a half years that we've had. But the last few years have convinced me to stop trying to guess at the future because... It's never what I expect. It's just been completely unexpected. Life may take you far away from here. Life may surprise you. Life most certainly will disappoint you. You may weep in ways that you never thought your heart would be broken. You may laugh and celebrate things that you thought were never going to happen. But we cannot expect that the person we're going to become is going to totally be uh, like Jesus if we totally leave it to chance. We can't predict the future, but I can predict this. If you're not intentional about who you're becoming, who you are becoming will not look like Jesus. An Olympian would never expect to win the gold medal if they only trained one day a week. And yet many of us expect Sunday for 40 or 50 minutes on a Sunday, gathered in a room to be all the spiritual formation we need in a week. And it's just not enough. It's not enough to stay connected to Jesus. It's not enough to endure the ups and downs of life. We must establish a role of life, a rhythm of life, a trellis of discipleship. So that we're becoming like Jesus seven days a week. So I want you to take some time this week. Darby and I are away. We're going to be traveling down to visit her family for her birthday. And I want you to take some time to pray, to look at these resources that I've linked below. And develop a role of life, a rhythm of life to become a person of peace and joy, an agent of love, just like Jesus How will you grow in your apprenticeship to Jesus this year? Then as you begin practicing your plan, tweak it, expand it. As you realize your spiritual muscles are beginning to grow, take it deeper, take it further. Share it with someone close to you and say, hey, will you encourage me? Like, this is what I want to try to do. This is the trellis I'm trying to build to stay connected, to stay close to Jesus, to lean into him, to stay. Stay connected to the power and presence of Jesus. Will you help encourage me to keep with this plan? Don't share it with somebody who's going to constantly nag you, but share it with someone who's going to inspire you with the vision of a better future. Most of us spend our entire lives trying to accomplish something meaningful with the little bit of time that we have on this planet. I've come to deeply believe that God is way more interested in in who we are becoming (coughs) than he is in what we are accomplishing. People spend a lifetime looking for the meaning of life. And I think the answer is simple. Life is about you and I becoming apprentices of Jesus. Life is about you and I becoming people of peace and joy. People who are agents of love. We can only do that when we stay connected to Jesus, when we have a faith that is built on the firm foundation of Jesus, when we have a rhythm of life that is leading us to become more like him.